0: Thank you, Lord. Prayer meeting, prayer meeting on Wednesday, Amen. So, at mom's house at seven, or here at the church, weather pending. Um, If we yeah, if we're not here at the church, then we're at mom's, and if we're not at mom's, then we're at our house. So, any three spots on the hill. But prayer meeting's at 7, so find us. Amen. Um, Don't forget that on the week of the 23rd, what week is that? We're leaving on the 23rd on our trip, so we won't have church that weekend, which is like two weeks away. We're headed down to Fort Mill, South Carolina for a conference, Julie and I are, and uh You can check out our church app Joe's got it up there So you can download all the messages You can send in your prayer request Um, So Pretty much you can do anything on that church app You know What's that Joe? 100 episodes online next week Wow praise God And we got people from all over the world listening, believe it or not. You know, which is insane to think, you know. I don't know what it was. About four or five years ago, I gave the vision of the church that we would be using technology to reach people. And we didn't even have internet then. So, and we're like, Lord, I don't know how that's going to happen, but, you know. So now it's happening, and we're reaching people around the world. Praise God. Amen. So they're hearing the good news. Amen. So we are going to take up an offering. Amen. Phil, I need your help today. Grace is is not here, Grace and Julia, but they'll be next week. So Father, we're going to take up an offering. So Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for the blessings that you've been bringing into this house. We we pray that you keep pouring them in. Lord God, and we pray, Father God, for your hands to be upon each person here, Lord God, that you would bless the work of their hands, that you would prosper them, and that they would be in good health, because, Lord, we know that's your will for us and for your people, and we pray this, Lord, and we pray, Lord God, as we give to you, that you would give back to us, Lord God, and we just thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness, Lord God, to us, and we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, the title of my sermon is called Treasures in Jars of Clay. Treasures in Jars of Clay. Treasures in Jars of Clay. But before we do that, my wife has prepared a communion message for us. So would you like to come down, hon? And I'll pass out the elements.
1: I think that this morning, let's have a, well, we do communion, we'll do communion first, and then uh, we'll have just a short time of prayer for healing. And so anyone that needs healing physically, mentally, spiritually, what else is there? (laughs) Supernaturally. This is the. Are you're not recording, are you, Joe? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that I won't say what I was going to (laughs) say. Thank you, Lord. No, that's all right. Joe, could you put up Luke 22? It's going to be 19 and 20. God bless you. Father, we just come to you this morning. We praise you and we thank you for your love and your sacrifice for us, O Lord. And we come and we join with you to worship and praise our savior jesus jesus we we love you so much we thank you for the sacrifice of your life for us lord you gave your life for us on the cross you suffered you bled you died And we come to you today in obedience to your word, Lord, to remember and to honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you for sending your son, for sending your only son to die for us. And we thank you that, Jesus, you rose from the grave, victorious and triumphant, and we just worship you this morning. We praise you. And Father, we pray that you would prepare our hearts this morning, God, by your Holy Spirit, to receive the blood and the body of Jesus. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, to receive, to remember that great sacrifice and to partake with you, to partake. And we, this morning, Lord, we look to the cross, we look to the cross, and we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When Jesus went to the cross and he shed his blood for us, he won every victory for our lives forever, for eternity. He took himself and willingly gave his flesh Willingly gave. The Bible said he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called 10,000 angels. And he was fully God, but he was fully man. So can you imagine knowing what was coming? And he even said himself, we can't even understand this. We think of the suffering and the torture and everything he gave for us. But what he said bothered him the most was when he had to take our sin on him and that separated him from the father so he could be our redeemer oh that gives me chills he could be our redeemer of all that sin and he took it willingly and that's what broke him that's what broke his heart because he for that one Time period, he couldn't be connected to the Holy Father. But he knew, he knew what was coming. He knew that God, in all his power and glory and might, would raise him from the dead. And he arose victorious. And when he met with his disciples for that Last Supper, the night that he was betrayed. And he met with them and he I just I I think that we need to pray over this we need to really seek the Lord the Lord says if you seek him with all your heart you're gonna find him and you need to seek him for why Jesus said do this in remembrance of me it wasn't just a, a memory it's not just a memory it's a miracle it's a miracle And when we partake of the bread, the body of Jesus, when we partake of that, we have to honor him and glorify him. That his body was given for our healing. His body was broken for our healing. His body. His blood was shed for our forgiveness, for our cleansing. He did it for us. And let's say that together. His body, his blood. His body, his blood. And one of the thoughts that I had this morning, I just wanted to share. I don't know why, but I just... All that I could think of this morning was Judas (laughs) and you know it just it breaks my heart because he was a follower of Christ he was a follower of Christ and and yet in that very room in that very room where Jesus and his disciples were he had decided that he was going to betray Jesus and it said that Actually, it said right at that moment that uh, after Jesus said to him, Judas, go and do what you have to do, that the enemy entered him. And I just feel like the Lord is saying that through the, bo- the body and the blood of Jesus, as we come and we say, no, Lord, we are going to be obedient we're gonna be obedient to you, to your word, to your memory, to, to your body, to your blood. That a protection comes over us as we partake. A healing, a protection, and a cleansing. So let's take the bread in our hands. And let's just take a minute and close our eyes and think of the room that Jesus and the disciples were in. And let's just empty our heart out before the Lord and ask him to just to look at us, to heal us, to heal our brokenness, any brokenness, Lord, any brokenness any sickness any disease Lord we submit to you we submit to the body of Jesus and you made it so simple for us your sacrifice And we pray that as we partake together, Father, that healing would go across this room, healing would go across this country, healing would go across this community, Lord. Your body broken for us. And let's read the scripture together as we hold the bread. And we think of the body of Jesus. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. Let's break it in our hands. And gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together and thank his name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And in the same way, let's read together same way after the supper he took the cup saying this is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you let's partake thank you lord thank you jesus thank you for your body and for your blood thank you for your healing and for your forgiveness hallelujah Lord we praise you forever hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Lord make this real to our spirit man Lord let us receive this Lord in all power and glory from your heavenly throne Lord we pray In Jesus' name. And let's just, um, if you'd all come up and we'll just, if you're willing, you don't have to, but if you'd like to come up, come up and we're just going to lay, because the Bible says, lay hands on the sick, they will recover. So that's what we believe, the Bible. (laughs) So come on up uh, real quick and we'll just anoint you with oil. And lay hands on you, if you're not sick. If you want some prayer for someone else, stand in their stead. We will pray and we will believe together. We'll have faith
0: together. Can't make it up here. We'll to you. Yes, we will.
1: <laughs> come
0: on up. Come on. Up. Oh, can't take too long. No, we might be here all day, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Second Corinthians, chapter four second Corinthians chapter 4 thank you Jesus God is good amen. amen I promise to keep you for most of the afternoon today <laughs> thank God God is good and God's not bound by time and neither shall we be amen <laughs> title of the sermon, again, is called, Treasures in Jars of Clay. I'm going to read all of chapter 4 to you. Therefore, since through God's mercies we have this ministry, we do not lose heart, whether we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary... By setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God, and I want you to make a note of this the God with little g. See the little g? The God of this age has blinded the minds of believers. So that they cannot see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of capital G, the God. Amen? Amen. For we do not preach ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. To give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure. Say, I have this treasure. There you go. Let's try it again. Say, I have this treasure. I have this treasure. In jars of clay. Amen. I have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's not from me. It's not from you. It's from God. Amen? Amen. Amen. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that this life may be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life isn't at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken with the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose hearts. though outwardly, outwardly we are wasting away; yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory, glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen, but on what? But we so we fix our eyes not on what is seen. But what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is seen, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen? Amen? You know, when I first read this scripture, the first thing I thought of years ago, and I've read this several times, well, you know, I always thought God veiled the eyes of the unbelievers, that there were going to be a group of unbelievers that their eyes would be veiled, that they would have a veil over their face. Do you remember Moses when he went up to the, went up to the mountain of God on Mount Sinai, and the presence of God came down, and he came down off the hill. He didn't realize it, but he was radiating, with because of the his his countenance was, was like full of light. He was changed, and it showed on his face. His face was radiant. He didn't realize it cuz he was in the presence of God, in the presence of God. But as soon as he came down off the mountain, all of the Israelites were afraid of him because they saw the radiance of the glory of God on Moses, and they made him put a veil over his face. Because they were afraid. And so it's when I so when I read this this morning again over again I noticed that it was a little g. So it wasn't God who puts the veil on the unbelievers. It's the devil who puts the veil on the unbelievers. Right? For the God of this age. Who is the God of this age? Who is the power, principalities? Who do we fight with? The devil. We fight against powers, principalities of the air. The God of this age who is always at war with us. He's the one who blinds the minds of the unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. That is so true for today. There is so much unbelief out there. There is so much of a veiling over the unbelievers that they just refuse to see the truth. In many ways, and then they believe a lie, and they believe it to the extent that they just that they, that they believe that a lie is the truth. And it's so far from it. In our jobs, as Christians, and I'm sorry I'm hollering, but I holler all the time when I preach. <laughs> I'm not hollering. I'm not upset. I just get excited. But our jobs as Christians... We're called to be light bearers, aren't we? We have these jars, we have these treasures in jars of clay. Each one of us who's a believer in Christ, you have a treasure inside of you that is not from you. It's from God, not of our own strength. We can't muster up enough light in us. We can't muster any light. It's only God who can bring the light. But we have these treasures in us in these jars of clay that are from God. And we're called to be light bearers. You know, 1 John 4, 4 says that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That'll go a long way if you really believe that scripture. If you believe that scripture with all your heart and you don't doubt it, if you believe that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, then you will have nothing to fear except for the Lord. You don't have to be afraid of anything that the devil throws at you, because there's one in you that's greater than the one that's in the world. And if you truly believe it, it doesn't matter what happens, you're standing on the Word of God, and you're believing the promises of God for you. That God's promises for you are for you to prosper and to be in good health. That's His will for His people. Amen? And if you truly believe it, then it doesn't matter what happens all around you. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your other side. A thousand may fall at your right hand, ten thousand at your left, or vice versa. It doesn't matter, because God's got you covered, and you believe it in your heart. And if you have that as a foundation, then nothing is going to move you, and nothing will cause you to fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And the perfect love of God, right, in us will cast out all fear. Because it doesn't, like I said, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter what happens. Because God's got you covered. You know, this isn't even on my sermon notes, but I'm just thinking about, it just came to my mind. Every one of the disciples, you know, every one of the disciples didn't have a place to lay their head. They didn't have a home, 12 of them. They went around preaching the gospel. Did they worry about where they were going to stay and live? No, they worried about preaching the word of God, doing what God called them to do. Amen? So we too shouldn't worry. As light bearers, we are called to shine, right? We're called to shine. To set the captives free, to bring sight to the blind, to heal the sick. We are to do the work of our Father, to do what Jesus did. He gave us the great example. That's what he went around doing. He went around preaching the kingdom of God is near. Right? The kingdom of God is nearer now than what it was 2,000 years ago. We need to keep preaching the kingdom of God is near. It's right around the corner. Setting the captives free. What did he set the captives free of? He set them free of bondage. demonic oppression and possession. Laying hands on the sick. Raising the dead. Healing the leopards. Giving sight to the blind. And you know, there's so many blindness out there. And it's not just the fear. I mean, Jesus actually literally gave sight to the blind. But he also opened the eyes of those that could see to the truth. It wasn't just giving sight to those that were physically blind. It was giving sight to those that were spiritually blind. Amen? And that's what we're called to do as Christians, as believers. Why do they give us sight? Why does Jesus give us sight? So that we can come into the knowledge of the Son of God, into into a mature person, to be set free from sin and shame. You know, sin keeps you bound up. Keeps you paralyzed. It immobilizes you. Keeps you from the presence of God. And all you got to do is say, Here it is, Lord, take it away. I don't want it. Repent of your sin, turn to God. And He'll set you free of it. But you got to be willing to give it up. Amen? Amen? We have a very important role to play in God's vision. You know, I mentioned I gave a vision for the church years ago. I should probably re-look at it again. It wouldn't hurt. But (laughs) my wife's laughing. But, you know, God has a vision. God has a vision. And it's right there. It's the Word of God. His whole vision is spelled out for us in black and white and in red and white. You know? That's God's vision. And it's going to come to pass. It's happening all around us. You know? God has a vision, and we play a very important role in that vision. God's vision is a vision of love, of caring, and freedom for all of His children. And we are to bring light into the darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18, it says, We who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness. That's part of God's vision, for us to be transformed into His likeness. We have already been made in the image of God when we were created. And when we give our lives to Christ, we become a new creature created in Christ Jesus to do good works. To be changed, to be transformed into his likeness, with an ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord unto who is this, who which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And those with veiled faces will never experience that freedom until the veil is removed. And the only way the veil can be removed is that if they come to Christ Jesus. So our part in God's vision is to go out there and get those unbelievers... To open up their eyes to the truth, to let the light, to bring the light and let that light shine into their lives so that they are changed. So they can be set free. They will never experience true freedom until the veil is removed. And the only way it will be removed is if, the, if they come to Christ. And then he'll remove the veil so that they can see the truth and the fullness of God's love for them. But let me tell you, there are real devils out there and demons out there that are opposed to this. You know, I I like to think and I told my, I said, I don't have any enemies. I don't think I have any enemies. But you know what? That's a lie. I have many enemies. And they are out there trying to kill me and trying to destroy me. And if you're a Christian, then you'll always have an enemy. And he's called the devil and his horde of demons. And they're out to get you. There are devils out there, and they're hard at work trying to keep you immobilized, trying to keep you from mobilizing, being being God's hands and feet here on earth. They're trying to keep you bound up, trying to keep you believing in false doctrines and fear. They don't want the veil to be removed. They don't want you to see the truth of the gospel. They don't want you to be set free. They don't. They want you in your sickness. They want you claiming your sickness. They want you all bound up and busy. And let me tell you, They're at work, hard work. They don't stop. They don't give up. They attack your mind. The battle is, begins in your mind. That's why we got to cover our minds with the blood of Christ and the helmet of salvation. That's why we got to get up and, you know, read Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God. Every morning before your day starts. Get up and read Ephesians 6. Put on the full armor of God so that you are protected from the devil's schemes. And if you don't believe that the devil is out there and real, then you don't believe that God is real. You know? If you don't believe the devil is real, then God's not real. Then what's the sense of preaching the word? Right? Right? But there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of false doctrine out there that are confusing a lot of people, especially young Christians or people that don't really believe, but they're seeking and they're searching for Christ. They're searching for answers for their lives. They need help. This is a quote from uh, Pastor Rod Parsley, one of his books that I have. He says, You can turn on the television on your local church stations and you will hear every doctrine known to man. (laughs) You will be told that Jesus is coming soon. You will be informed it takes the blood of Jesus to be saved. And another eloquent instructor will tell you that you don't need the blood for salvation. And after a few hours of watching, if you don't know the word, then you're going to be confused. If you don't know the word of God, you can be easily confused. Because there's just some crazy beliefs out there. That's why it's important that we read the Word of God. Amen. That we know the Word of God and we have it in our hearts. And then we stand on it as a solid foundation. Because we can't just go about by turning on the television and living our Christian lives. By, by watching somebody else, because we do we really truly know where they stand. You know, they, they've got to be based. That's why everything that I say or anything that anybody says, you need to test it with the word, especially if it's a prophecy given over you and over your life. You need to confirm it with the word of God. Make sure it's the word. I mean, there are good preachers out there preaching the word of God on television And there are some that doctrines are just distorted, and they're twisted. So we really need to pray for discernment. Amen? But you know what? Who brings in the spirit of confusion? It's not God. God brings a spirit of clarity and truth and of light. It's the devil that brings in a spirit of confusion. No, the Bible told me I need the blood of Jesus. That I need to receive Jesus in my heart and believe it in my heart. That Jesus is the only way to heaven through which man can be saved. The Bible tells me that God gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the word of God. That's the truth. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus. Amen? And don't let anything else corrupt you. Corrupt your minds. Don't believe in a false lie. Don't take a chance. Why not be sure of a solid foundation that's been preached around the world for over 2,000 years? The Bible's been alive for 6,000. It's the most sold-out book in all of history. Nothing can compare. 1,827 plus or minus prophecies, 43 prophecies about Jesus that came to pass. What other book can do that? When Isaiah can give an account of Jesus' birth and Jesus' crucifixion to the detail that was spoken 740 years before Jesus was even born. There's no other book like it. And I'm telling you, God has revealed His plans to us. And I'll tell you what, if we stick with it, if we stick with God's plans, it will bring you out of your present circumstances and it will bring you into the will of God if you just stick with it. You know, that's so important for us these days as we see the church falling away and falling apart. Do you think it was God's plan that the churches be emptied through this COVID thing a year and a half ago? No. Been a year and a half. The churches were immobilized. That was the work of the devil right there. That was the work of the devil. He immobilized us not the will of God <clears throat> put fear into our minds remember when covid first came out <clears throat> we shut down for a couple weeks because we didn't know what was going to happen we didn't know how bad this virus was we were told that millions of people were going to die because of this virus. And everybody fell into fear. That's the devil. That's the devil. And he wants to put thoughts into your minds of fear. Because the devil doesn't want the church to be mobilized. You know, what's so interesting in Matthew chapter 16, verses 8. <coughs> this is Jesus. This is what Jesus said to Peter. He said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, will not overcome it. Amen. Amen. The gates of hell will not overcome the church. So if the devil can keep you from coming to church and immobilize you and shut you up in your house, he's got you right where he wants you. That's why it's so important to be in church. That's why it's so important to gather around with like-minded believers. You know, I I was thinking of... A car battery. You know, the church is like a car battery. Kind of like the alternator part of the car battery. But I'm going to tell you what. If you have a battery in your car, right? And if you don't start that thing and run it every now and then, the battery starts to go dead, right? If your alternator is not working, then what happens? Your battery's charge loses charge over time. Right, And some might say, oh, I've got a deep cell battery in me. Well, a deep cell battery might keep a charge longer, but eventually that deep cell battery is going to die if it's not charged. All batteries will die if they're not charged. Let's put it that way. And I'm going to tell you, it's the same thing with our spiritual lives. If we're not feeding or, or charging our spiritual lives, you know, If we're not, if we're not in our word and prayer and worship, coming to the church, then you're going to end up dead. You know, I actually wrote down in my notes, those fat cat Christians, (laughs) fat cat Christians. We got a lot. I mean, I've got a lot I can be sustained with for a while. But those what I mean by fat cat Christians are Christians that have been just coming to the church for years and years and years, and they just sit week after week after week and get fed and get fed and get fed and and do nothing, you know? But I don't want to get off on that. Joel, you might have to delete that part. (laughs) But it's true. God wants us to be mobilized. He never kept us. He doesn't want us to be immobilized. He wants us to be moving. He wants us to be operating. He wants us to be preaching the word. He wants us to be light bearers wherever we go. That means when I get up in the morning and I go to work, am I bringing the light to? Am I bringing the light of the gospel of truth to my job, to my men who work it, to my family? Every morning when we get up, I'm a light bearer. You know, every morning, uh, John G. Lake. I read his book. He was a healing minister. He would get up every morning and he would look in the mirror. He would put on his best clothes he had and he would look in the mirror and he said, God lives in that man. And he would say that to himself every morning. And it's so true. God, we have that kind of mindset that God lives in that man, that wherever we go, we're going to bring the the light of the truth. We're going to be, we're going to be those, we are a jar of clay. But in us is a supernatural power that's not of ourselves, it's of God. And it's a dunamis power. It's like having a nuclear reactor built inside of you that doesn't quit. Amen? That doesn't quit. You have a dunamis power that's inside of you that's not from yourselves. There's nothing that I can do. I can't can't charge it. I can't build it up. I can't strengthen it. I just got to be plugged in. To be charged, I got to be plugged into Jesus. Amen? Amen. And there's nothing like, I can't do anything in my own strength apart from God. Amen? Amen? Amen. And that's how we got to live our lives. We got to live our lives like we're bringing the light of the gospel of the truth. We're out there, I'm going to set the captives free. And the devil doesn't want us to do that. You know, we need to be, there is power in unity. There is power in corporate unity. There's power in the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. So when there's two or more gathered, then God is here with us, right? How many are gathered here? How many of his angels and saints are right here today hearing this? Amen? Amen. That's why we need to be in our word. We need to be grounded, unshakable. We will not be shaken, amen? We sang it, we will not be shaken. I will not be shaken by the reports of all these weather calamities. I will not be shaken because of the economy. I'm not gonna be shaken because of our government. Do you know what Jesus said about government? He said, "Give Caesar what's Caesar's, Give God what's God's." Amen. Boy, that's a simple thing to live by, isn't it? You know, we don't need to worry about things. We don't need to worry about COVID. We don't need to worry about any sicknesses or disease, because if you're walking in, in the will of God, then He will protect you, and He will keep you from the fowler's snare. He'll actually turn that snare upon the one that's trying to snare you. Amen? Amen? Amen. I have no idea where I'm at in my notes. But it doesn't matter. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We have this treasure in jars of clay... To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are, I'm going to keep reading on. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. Hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. Do you know what comes out of pressure? Diamonds. Diamonds are made because of pressure. You are, you have this power in you that's, Even though the outside is pressing and pressing and pressing on you, that's going to turn into something that's beautiful for the kingdom of God. If we believe it. Pressure makes diamonds. So when you feel pressured, you're becoming a diamond. All right. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Amen? Amen. All those things can happen, but what are we standing on the rock? We have this faith in us, this belief in us that God's got us covered. Amen? Amen. And you know, that keeps us going. That should energize you to keep going. That's why, like, coming to church, I get excited. That's probably why I holler. So much. When I start reading, and getting into the Word of God, and get all excited about it. Coming to church, we should be expecting great things to happen. Amen? Great things should happen. The power of God should fall on people. We should be laying hands on them. They should be being healed and recovered. Because that's what the Word tells us. But we got to come without any doubt. But we got to come expecting God to move greatly in our lives. You know, the biggest thing we have to fight against is our mind. And the devil will put doubt in our minds. He'll put fear in our minds. He'll say, oh, yeah, well, I don't know if that's really true. You know, did Jesus walk on water? Is Joseph really, did Joseph really save the Israelites? All these things that are going on in the world right now. All these things that have been coming against Christianity, they've been coming against Christianity. They've been coming against the beliefs of the Bible for years. And then they tried to hide history. They tried to hide the truth. They tried to cover it up. Many people try to cover Even scholars are trying to cover up the truth. I can't wait to when God comes back. I can't wait. Because I have to wait. I have to wait until when God comes. We're all waiting until God comes back. Amen. We're all waiting for God to come back. But when he comes back, all those naysayers, unbelievers. You know, it's sad. It's like what my wife said about Judas. It's too bad they just didn't soften their hearts and open their eyes and believe. Because going through tribulation is not going to be fun. But for those who believe in the gospel and believe in the word of God, believe in the rapture, where God is going to come back and gather up all his children. He's going to send his angels out. They're going to go first. The trumpet's going to blow. And we're all going to be gathered up. The dead in Christ first will rise, and then we'll rise and be with them in the heavenlies. That's what the word of God says. And if we believe that, and we believe all the stuff that Jesus did for us, that he died and went to the cross for us, for our salvation, for the whole world, you know, that's still alive and well. Until Jesus comes back over that hill, salvation is still available. And it's going to be available for some of them going through the tribulation, but that means martyrdom. And nobody wants to be martyred. You know, nobody wants to be martyred. If you're honest with yourself, it's not going to be a fun time. It's not going to be pleasant. But God's made His light shine in us. So let's go out there and save some. <laughs> let's go get them. Let's bring them into the kingdom of God. Let's, let us bring light to the blind. Let us open those spiritual eyes. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Father, I just thank you, Lord, and praise you for today's word. I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us. Lord God, I pray anything that I've said that's not of you, or it was false or wrong anywhere, Lord God, that you would take it out, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that only only what you've spoken today to us, that's from you, would stay and stick to our hearts. I pray, Father God, for your blessings upon your people today. I pray your blessings in our hunger. I pray for a hunger and a thirst after you, after your word, Lord God, more and more on your people Lord God, here, that we would get into your word and read it, and that we would pray earnestly and seek your face, Lord God. I pray this. I pray this for our governments. I pray this for our country. I lift up our country to you, Lord God, and the turmoil that it's in right now, and not just our country, but the world, Lord God. Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for our peace, and we can have that eternal peace, and it's through your Son, Jesus Christ. And I just thank you, Lord, And praise you for all those that are hearing this word today, that you will bless them, prosper them, that they would be in good health, that they would be encouraged, built up, and edified, and that they'd be charged up, Lord God. Lord, we need to be charged up and ready for what's coming, Lord God. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You guys may be dismissed.